Welcome to another fun-filled edition of Second City Sports Zoom Style. Zoom Style. <laughs> Along with Lakina McGee and Lamont Scott, I am Sydney Brown. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at SAK80. Once again, SAK80. That's SIDKID80. That's SIDKID80. You can follow me at Keena McGee on Twitter and at Keena underscore McGee on the IG. You can follow me at Lamont Scott on Facebook, Lamont Scott 69 on Instagram, and Lamont Scott 16 on Twitter. You can follow this podcast, Second City Sports, along with the other podcast programming by first going to our website at rearregalradio.com. That's W-E-A-R-E-R-E-G-A-L-Radio.com. And wherever you download your podcast, that includes Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, that iHeartRadio app. Make sure you type in that search engine box, War on Anchor. That's W-A-R-R on Anchor. And we're also on the tube, a.k.a. YouTube, at War Media. Once again, at W-A-R-R Media. You can not only listen to us, but watch us do our thing. Look alive! All right. Like, share, and subscribe, and tell your friends. Yes. Folks? <laughs> yes. I need your guys' help. And I'm referring to... The this is going to be uh, sometimes my mind is all over the place, so forgive me, but we'll get through it together. The Sunday's game between the Chicago Bears and the New Orleans Saints, which the Saints are moving on uh, in the next round of the NFL playoffs. The Bears in their 2020 season with an eight and nine record, losing to the Saints in the wild card round 21 9. Watching that game on Sunday. <laughs> it's <laughs> if you listen to us exclusively on the podcast, Lamont is putting on his Saint Skull cap. <laughs> um, this is going to be a uh, thorn roses in the pile in the coffin. This is going to be like a funeral for the Chicago Bears. <laughs> but where I'm struggling with this, where do we begin? Now, the right side of my brain wants to go to Hallis Hall and destroy everything. The left side of my brain says, we've been doing this show all year, and we've been, quote, unquote, do, I'm doing a, the Kim and Matumbo finger uh, wag. We told you so. So you shouldn't be surprised of, of what you saw on Sunday down in the bayou. My question is this. <laughs> do the McCaskies have the right to change their mind? The reason why I ask that question is because we talked about it last week, guys. Ian Rappaport came out with a report from NFL Network right before Sunday's uh, regular season finale against the Packers and said that Matt Nagy's job was safe going into next year. As we watched what happened down in the bayou on Sunday, will the McCaskies have the, have the stones to change their mind? Will they be honest with themselves and look themselves in the mirror? I said this to a couple of people yesterday in the last couple of days. The McCaskies are great business people not great football people. They make great business decisions, but not football decisions. Now, for those of you that are looking for, uh, for us to break down the other wild card games, we'll get to that later on in the hour, and we'll break down this Bears-Saints game by the numbers in just a second. But I, I wonder, will this franchise be honest with themselves? And will they look themselves in the mirror? Even though we said the last couple weeks that if the Bears made the playoffs, they would run this back. <laughs> and my thing for this year was no playoffs, no job. No playoffs, no jobs. And that was for your head coach, Matt Nagy, your GM, Ryan Pace, 
and quarterback Mr. Trubisky. There's so many storylines to this. I don't know if we have going to have enough time in this segment to do it, but we're going to give our best to try to break this all down for y'all. I'll start with you, Lakina. Uh, where do you want to start? Oh, gosh. There's so, there's so many places where we can go here, gentlemen. Um, let's talk about their offense. I mean – what 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 was that? I mean, it, it kind of feels as though you kind of feel like maybe, especially early on, you know, if you notice that the Saints sort of was kind of like dragging along, you're like, oh, I, you know, like what we're supposed to be on by, like where, why are we playing this thing? And you know, and the Bears sort of had that same attitude. You're like, okay, I know they, you know, in the press they're say, oh, well, no one believes in us, and blah blah blah. You know, we're gonna you know go out there, you go hit the ground running. They didn't. I mean, I know people want to say that Wims, you know, surefire touchdown catch. Would that have changed the game? Maybe, but but look, I mean, Anthony Miller puts, you know, C.J. Gardner Johnson in the in the face. I mean, and, and I guess apparently we find out that Nagy warned the, the team about him because remember, Wims actually punched him in their meeting earlier in the season, which got him ejected. But I, I, I think. You, you, you kind of wonder, you saw the mindset of some of these guys, you sort of like, they didn't want to be there. Some, not all of them, but some of them, we kind of, they kind of had that attitude, like, okay, what are we doing here? We should be out in the golf course and blah, blah, blah and you know, this and that. But look, and, and, and you know, Nagy got a little cutesy, you know, we saw some of the things that, you know, it worked, you know, maybe once or twice, but most of the time it didn't, the rest of the time it didn't work. And look, David Montgomery only had, you know, 12 carries for only 31 yards. I mean, the, the, the Saints were able to tame him, you know, drops and, you know, just they they just shouldn't have been there. And I think that's, like, the best way to do it. They play like an 8-8 eight eight team. You know, again, I'm going to channel the late great Denny Green. Look, they are who you thought they were. And they – look, we saw this all season. Don't let the fact that they they won – you know, they went 5-1 and one earlier this season. They won, like, four in a row to get to the playoffs. Don't let any of that fool you. The, the, the team you saw yesterday, which I'm sorry, I'm sorry to all the people I know. Look, Tony Romo, even from his home in Dallas, I think I'm sure he was sort of this close to like, you know, wanting to scream at them. But um, <laughs> I'm sure he was this close to like a couple of times he wanted to scream at the, like, what are you doing? But, you know, and, and the defense, look, you know, you give them credit, you know, they, they try, but, you know, the, the Saints offense did what they, you know, pretty much did you know, basically whatever they needed to do. That score should have been a lot worse. It could have been a lot worse. It should have been, but, you know, they are who you thought they were. <laughs> okay. Ooh. Um, they are who you thought they were. And some people did show up the king of the play. That's why the score was like it was. Because a couple of people did show up. Uh, what else did you cover just now? Uh, wide receivers. Um, lack of IQ. I mean, what would you even call that? I, I mean, if, if one, if you seen your classmate get kicked out of school for punching the teacher or another student, why would you punch the same student or the teacher? So that, that, that lets you know the level of leadership that's there. And I heard you all mention, run it back. And remember, they said uh, to go if they, I said if they beat the Packers, they would get the run back anyway. Well, they didn't have to beat the Packers because they got a mulligan and got in. So they made it regardless. So, see it, like Sid said, 
playoffs or keep the job. See it, they made the playoffs, so they got to keep the job, man. Like and Trubisky on a one-year contract, probably, if they don't try to make some lavish trade for a Cam Newton or somebody, which we know will never happen. So, <laughs> you know, it, it becomes a sense of your earlier question. You you can't tear down Hallis Hall because we won't have a team anymore. And I, I still remember Walter Payton. So we got to have a team. But, you know, tearing down some of the players and coaches wouldn't hurt. And and just getting some accountability. Like, I don't even know that I didn't, I didn't hear Anthony Miller's post-game interview because I really didn't want to. But what could it <laughs> <laughs> what could it have been? What could he have said? You already know the guy that took your job is out. You know, you, you know, he maybe that's why he was mad because he was mad because he was mad because he was behind the guy that was out the game. I, I mean, like, who was he really mad at? Because he couldn't have been mad at dude. Because what, what could that guy have said other than he got like new pictures of your mother or something and to make you punch him after you already? seen your guy punch him and you was warned not to touch him so it makes you wonder was he warned really and who is the law in 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 that locker room and that's that's why you know i tell a lot of people i said it like on some shows earlier that khalil mack reminded me of Kawhi leonard in, in football like he not he not that you know he not that lawrence taylor Aaron Donald, you know why Leonard Floyd gets sacked because he's scared of Aaron Donald. So that's that's kind of that's kind of the difference in Leonard Floyd right now. So I don't think we have that type of attitude. You look at when they were successful on that defense, they always had one or two guys on that defense that looked like he had choked somebody out if they got out of line like that. So I I mean I think it's an accountability thing and it starts with the top in the locker room and with the coach. I mean, some of them players, you look at some of them 80, 85 teams, they might have choked out the coach if necessary. So I think that's what's missing. And until they get that kind of fire back, they're going to suffer. You're listening to Second City Sports, along with Lakina McGee and Lamont Scott. I am Sidney Browns. We break down the Bears' 21-9 loss to the New Orleans Saints in the wild card round from this past Sunday. And we predicting – we're, we're going to try to predict oh, what's going to happen to this team this offseason heading to 2021. <laughs> Before we get back to the game, I'll start with you, Lamont. You talked about for the last few minutes uh, Anthony Miller. He was ejected from Sunday's game. First of all, well, well I'll stick with Anthony Miller first. Do you guys believe that he, he has played this last game as a Chicago Bear? I'll go ahead and say yes. Sure, I mean, his contract up anyway, right? Any, 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 like done? Rookie deal should be over. He, he should be about done, right? I believe so. Yeah, I think so. I think he's done anyway, and I mean, that that just give us room to use Ridley if he still if they got his number. And we didn't so, see him to the end of the game. <laughs> yeah, that's the yeah, best that's, thing. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. So that that give us that give us room to still use him. You look at you look at them probably tagging Allen Robinson, which he probably hate and probably like, don't do that to me. But, you know, he is the only bright spot. But when you put a Moody on the other side of him, who's going to be somebody? That, that, that guy going to be somebody. And, 
you, you might have another person on the bench, but we wouldn't know that because they reluctant to use the bench to just to see if that they can play. I mean, we saw how benches work last night on a couple of teams. So we may have somebody on there that know what they're doing. You know, I mean, and you and you look at you look at pace now, and they always make good picks in the later rounds. So maybe they maybe they found some diamonds in the roughs, and them diamonds ain't had a chance to get rough on the field yet. Lakina, I yeah, I mean, look, I, I think I think Anthony Miller, I think is he's it's over with him. I think he wants to leave. I think that's probably why he punched the guy. I think he was getting frustrated. We see him get frustrated all year long. You know, he's had drops. You know, some some of the stuff you know, is of his own making. You know. Mm -hmm. Remember he said about if I don't get the ball early, my head don't be in the game. Yeah, he said it. He admitted that. So I think that I think we saw it those last few games. I yeah, I think he's gone. As as for you know the front office stuff, I'm sure. Look, Nagy's gonna be back. Pace is gonna be back, and it's gonna be the same old, same old. And we're gonna be doing this dance again next year. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, well, before we uh, uh, throw. Uh, um, continue to throw the stones at, at the front office. Let's uh, go to the uh, defensive side of the ball. Assuming that the Bears will wake up and actually make some smart football decisions, we all know that the salary cap is going to go down. How much, we don't know. Because the Bears, like a lot of teams, do not have any fans in the stands uh, this season. Looking at their defense clo closely, Robert Quinn, who's been a big disappointment, I questioned the move at the time. I understood why they did it, but I wasn't hooping and hollering about that. Like, can't even remember we were doing shows over the summer. Yeah. Khalil, Khalil Mack, congratulations on making the Pro Bowl for, for the, I think, the second time in his Bears career. But he didn't have that impact year like he did in 2018 when he first was traded here. Now, I know that Akeem Hicks is still a good player. He's played almost a decade in the league, but it, you have to wonder, is he injury prone or does he have something left in the tank? I know that Eddie Gomez didn't play this year because he opted out because of COVID concerns. He should be back on the field next year. So the Bears defense will be helped there, at least on the depth chart. In the secondary, Eddie Jackson. Now, I, I said this to our buddy Sean Davis from ESPN 1000 last night on Twitter. Uh, the Bears can, can start getting rid of him only because the, the money that he's making, they, they signed them to an extension before the season uh, started. But he didn't have a good year. Now, I'm not going to say that he's going to play like that for the rest of his career because I, I don't believe so. He's still good. He just had a bad year. On uh, Going back to the linebacking court, Danny Trevathan, he, he was part of the turnaround here for the Bears. But I think he's played his last game in a Bears uniform. Robert Quinn, maybe the same thing. It depends on what the salary cap is going into next season. So there's a lot of questions there. And also, too, let's not forget about Roquan Smith. I'm not saying get rid of him, but his absence, especially in that game against New Orleans, was evident right there. So I think you have, you have, you have to give Ryan Pace credit for that. My question to you guys is this. Uh, whoever's here, whether it's Ryan Pace or some new head of football operations over who's uh, overseeing the, the franchise over Ryan Pace, should he remain at his job? Will this Bears team blow up the defense or will they retool? Because they still need a pass rusher. 
and they still need a couple, maybe two linebackers. Do you tra trade Khalil Mack this offseason? Who knows? But you need at least another pass rusher, and you're going to need at least one or two uh, youthful linebackers. And you may need another – I'm not going to say another um, cornerback because Jalen Johnson, the rookie, had a good year. He's just been injured these last few games. You may need another safety or two. I'll start with you, Lakina. Uh, do you uh, completely overhaul this Bears defense, despite what happens in the front office uh, this offseason, or do you just tweak it to uh, go at it for one more run, assuming that Matt Nagy's back? And that's the million-dollar question. The other million-dollar question is, you know, will Matt Nagy be back? And, look, we don't know what the salary cap's going to be next year. Of course, it's going to get adjusted. It's probably going to go down. And, mm -hmm. I look, there are a lot of, you know, Mac is a big cap hit. Quinn's a big cap hit. So do you really want to deal with those contracts in the end? If you're trying to maybe, if you want to bring it on another O-lineman, if you want to bring on another secondary guy, I, I, I don't know. I mean, that, that's, that's going to be the question that's going to be answered during this off season is that what, what are you going to do? Do you want to try and go for it next year? Or do you, you know, want to, Maybe perhaps, you know, get rid of some, you know, guys, you know, get some draft capital and maybe try to build up again. It, it's no one really knows. I think that's good. That's sort of like the thing that's I think that's going to frustrate Bears fans that no one really knows what's going to happen next year. Well, Lakin, I think they, they kind of clarified it a little bit last week when they told you he was coming back. So the fact that he coming back. That that was sixty percent of the that was sixty percent of the answer right there. <laughs> so the, the 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 rest of it was who's the quarterback? That's about thirty percent. That's about ninety percent. And that we'll other get to that in a minute. Yeah, and that other ten percent gonna go to what you said. Said the defense, which they do got a couple of bright spots still. You know, yes. So you say Eddie had a bad year. Okay, say that's true. You still got two good cornerbacks. You know, you you know, you got the Gibson boy if he continues to play. You got Bilal Nichols who can play. Like you say, Goldman comes back. So I think running it back with them, they're not gonna change much on that. They're gonna tweak that probably. And that's probably that other ten percent. But we got most of that answer when they said Nagy was coming back. That's why they threw it out there so early. But let y'all know early, man, this is what we doing. So Y'all can get y'all shots in now. <laughs> uh, speaking of shots, uh, let's go and dissect the offense. <laughs> we'll start with that quarterback position, Mitchell Trubisky. Um, some people uh, suggested, like I did last uh, last night on, on Twitter, <laughs> that uh, he may have played his last game as a Chicago Bear. And the reason why I said that is because of what the stuff that I've heard the last 24 to 48 hours regarding that so-called game plan against the Saints. We all have given uh, offensive coordinator Bill Lazor credit, and rightfully so, in these last few weeks. But these last two weeks have been telling. And I know Bears fans are angry, and rightfully so. Just take a deep breath and listen to me carefully. The last two games, 16 points, 9 points. 16 points. Nine points. You know what that totals? To 25 points in your last two games. That's not going to get it done. But first, who does that fall under? Your head coach, Matt Nagy. 
and we referenced we referenced it like you just did Lamont a moment ago that the news came out before last Sunday's regular season finale against the Packers that Matt Nagy was coming back. Also in that report, it was it was said that he was more involved in the play calling. Now, how much how how much is that true? I believe the majority of that is true. As I just said, and I'll say one more again, as the kids would say, mm-hmm. 16 points, nine points. But who's the final decision maker? See, <laughs> see like, like what you said, you said, notice what, notice what happened, right? They had this point explosion. The whole town was talking about Bill Lazor, Bill Lazor, Bill Lazor. You even heard somebody say Bill Lazor for coach. And when, when them whispers came out and when the people started talking, what did they do? Matt Nagy going to be the coach next year. They told us that last week <laughs> after Lazers two good weeks or three good weeks. So they was letting you know right then, Matt Nagy going to take this thing back over. So Nagy probably is the reason for them 25 points. If I had $10 extra, I would bet on it. I really would. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, look, I'm sure those last couple of games, you know, Nagy you know, played a, a little bigger part of the play calling than Laser did. I I really believe that. You, you saw some of those plays, you know, yesterday. I mean, you can tell that, yeah, the, the, you know, the jet sweeps and doing the, the flea flickers and the wildcat and all that. I mean, that was definitely all Nagy. I don't think Laser Laser's <laughs> more like traditional, like offense. You know, he'll, he'll you know, you know, they'll throw in a, a few little, you know, things here and there. But, you know, we know, look, Matt Nagy with the cutesies, you know, that's our, our buddy Dave Watson. Uh, <laughs> put that up in my head. But, uh, yeah, I mean, mm, look, uh, look, if, if that is true and that, look, you know, we've seen things happen where, you know, people change their minds, you know, we're going to be right back at it. Well, why, 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 why you don't call any plays when it's like third and six or third and seven or third and nine? Why? Why they never call a play past the line, past the line, the yard, the game? Like, why <laughs> don't they ever call a play longer than what you need? Like, I, 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 for the life of me, I cannot. I've been, I, I have not figured that out since he's been here. But why they never call a play past what they need? He always call a play where he wants someone to catch and make the rest of the yardage. Why not stretch that play out another two yards or so? And that's the part I've never understood about them. And, I mean, maybe y'all understood it or can help me with that. Why don't they? I mean, like, that's. You're listening to Second City Sports <laughs> along with along with Lakina McGee and Lamont Scott. I am Sidney Browns. We break down the Bears' 21-9 loss to the New Orleans Saints in a wild card round for Sunday. And for the final time, we'll bust out the stats from the Chicago Bears uh, game. Mitchell Trubisky, and perhaps maybe his last game as a Bear, 19 of 29 for 199 yards in a touchdown. David Montgomery, as you mentioned earlier, Lakina, 12 carries for 31 yards. His longest run was six yards. Uh, Cordell Patterson, perhaps maybe he's played his last game in a Bears uniform. One carry for two yards. <laughs> Go figure that out. Allen Robinson, six catches, 55 yards. His longest was a 21-yard reception to start the second half. Riley Ridley, he was, he was tied for second on the team in receptions. Two catches for 36 yards in garbage time. Anthony, uh, how dumb can you be, Miller? Two catches for 22 yards before he was ejected. 
Jimmy Graham, two catches for 25 yards and that meaningless touchdown at the end where he walked out like Bo Jackson. And Cole Kmet, your rookie tight end, three catches for 16 yards. <laughs> do, those, do those numbers sound um, startling to you? Not really. Not really. I, I, <laughs> not really. I mean, look, look, that Jimmy, that Jimmy Graham, your last play of the game, you know, score the touchdown and basically just turn right around and went to the tunnel. See ya. But that basically, that basically sort of a, a microcosm of the Bears season. Like, you know what? Uh, I'm, I'm done. Bye. It's, it's like, this Bears my season is over. <laughs> yeah, like, bye. See ya. <laughs> that's like, that's like, don't even don't even try for the extra point. You know, let's just you know, let's just end it now. <laughs> and it's only fitting that he did it in New Orleans. That that was so beautiful that he called it in New Orleans. I was like, that's what he's supposed to do. Run on back where you came from. And that, that, that was beautiful. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, I mean, look, let's, 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 let's give the defense a little bit of credit here. I mean, look, they, they slowed the, uh, the Saints down, you know, for the most part. They slowed Kamara down for the most part. Like, Manti Teo made some plays. Like, well, who, I didn't, look, I think a lot of people forgot that he was on the practice squad. You know, that, Mr. Catfish. <laughs> I know, that, 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 that's insane. Look, Nichols, you know, look, Nichols did his thing, like you said, Sid, earlier. I, I, look, Eddie Jackson. I mean, gosh, I mean, he, 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 he's not a tackler. I don't know why they keep trying to, you know, use his own to make it. You know, he's not, he's not a tackler. I don't know what's going on. Look, hey, look, they said Robert Quinn a couple of times. Yay! I mean, it's, 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 it's crazy. But you could tell that, you know, have not having Roquan Smith there and also Jalen Johnson there too. I think that 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 loomed large. You know, especially. Yeah, yeah, Fuller was able to slow him down, you know, slow the, the offense down a little bit. Also, Eddie Jackson, too. But I, I just think that, you know, not having those two guys there just, you know, it, it, it was glaring that, you know, the missing, you know, the Warquan Smith not being there. Romo did make a good, a good Bears comment. He said, I would have liked to see the game if the Bears' full defense was there. He did say that. So. <laughs> <laughs> He said nice things. Yeah, one of the few nice things he said about the Bears yesterday. <laughs> take a look at the New, yeah, take a look at the New Orleans Saints final statistics. Uh, Drew Brees, twenty-eight to thirty-nine for two hundred sixty-five yards and two touchdown passes. Alpha Kamara had twenty-three carries for ninety-nine yards and a touchdown. Deontay Harris had a career game in his uh, in in his um, 2021, 2020, I should say. Playoff debut, seven catches, 83 yards. Michael Thomas, five catches, 73 yards, and a score. Jerry Cook, the tight end, four catches for 40 yards. And Latavius Murray had a touchdown as well, off two catches for 11 yards. Now, that Saints defense was held in check, like you said, Lakina, for the majority of the game. But uh, as we talked about on Friday, we thought that the Bears would keep it close. They were right there. But the Saints exploded in the fourth quarter. You could tell the defense for Chicago, they were tired. They were emotionally spent, and they, they were uh, physically were worn out. Now, we talk, you talked about it earlier, Lakina, about that Javon Wims uh, potential uh, touchdown catch, which was dropped. I'm not going to say that the Bears would have won the game, but you would have put more pressure on the Saints. That defense would have been hyped to say, okay, because – that, that should have been a 10-7 Chicago lead at halftime instead of 7-3, okay? That defense would have got more boost, more motivation, and they would have said, 
well, we, we can hold him down so our offense finally catches up. Maybe we have a shot here, but that just wasn't meant to be. It's, it's one of those things where you sort of say, I, I, I think, look, I think the Saints are kind of like just dragging their feet along, you know. You know, I don't want to say they were playing down to the Bears. I don't want to insult you. Know, the Bears defense is actually really good, mm-hmm. so I don't want to insult insult them. But you sort of like, okay, why are we playing this? You know, we should be on a bye. Oh, yay, we get to play the Bears. I mean, but I think I think once they realized, I think you know, they kicked it into gear like in the second half. So they realized, okay, you know what? Maybe we better not. Maybe we better stop messing around. So that's why you saw what what they did. And look, you know, the Saints were able to move the ball down the field. You know, they kept you know the, the Bears offense on the sidelines. I mean, look, I think the, the, the Saints are showing you why they're, they're probably are one of the favorites in the NFC. Hey, my favorite. <laughs> we, all know you we know how you feel about Lamont. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, like, and what, what, what killed them, you look at, that, look at that time of possession in that second half. They had a drive, a nine-minute drive and an eight-minute drive. And, and those were the 14 points that changed the game. So I wouldn't say that the Saints turned it on. They just – the defense was still holding, hoping for hope when the offense got back on. But after that first nine-minute one and the, then the offense just three and out, they was like uh, – and then they came right back and hit them with an eight-minute. They couldn't handle it, man. And then – I feel bad for the big brothers on that defense. The 300-plus pounders was like kind of getting tired here. And, mm-hmm. and they, didn't, they didn't do anything to try to keep them off the field, like by running the ball and, and doing anything. And that's, that's, that's how you can kind of see how Matt Nagy may have taken the play calling duties back over because David Montgomery had disappeared. So I wouldn't say the Saints were stopping him so much when he got his hands on it. He, he did do what he normally does, but he couldn't keep getting his hands on it. So, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a, a whole, since they was in Louisiana, gumbo effect of garbage that went into that loss. Speaking of Matt Nagy, before we move on to break down the other games from, from the weekend, there, was a, there were a bunch of um, offsides, penalties from Chicago there are there was a couple of false starts especially that one that started his second half I think that was the final death nail in the coffin for Chicago as well and then of course you had the Anthony Miller punch out which got him ejected (laughs) the players must be held accountable for their actions okay but it all starts with your head coach and that's why I asked the question in the beginning of this program can you really look yourself in the mirror and be honest with yourself? And if you're Matt Nagy, I don't know if you guys caught the, the tweet from Dan Weeder. I don't have it in front of me. If one of you guys can look it up real quick, go ahead. But uh, Matt Nagy was asked about what needs to happen going forward for next season. He said, we got to change the culture. We got to change the attitude. Weren't you supposed to do that when you got hired three years ago? Seriously. And now you're talking about you have to do – Everything all over again? Are you kidding me? It starts with you. But this is what happens. We have a first-time head coach. Not all coordinators are meant to be head coaches. Yeah. No, go ahead, Lamar. I'm sorry. When you look at it, overall, Matt Nagy is a success in some people's eyes, man. 
I know two playoff appearances uh, in his three years here, but even though they have back-to-back eight and eight records, but is it really something to, to really uh, uh, get starry-eyed at it when you really look under the hood of the car? No. <laughs> well, we know that because we look under the hood of the car. But you got a mm-hmm. lot of people that don't look, don't even look at the car. They just get in it and drive, and then realize they're driving a Honda. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of- <laughs> oh, I love it. Car references, I love it. Yeah, a lot of people don't know. So you know, it's it's just like I say, it's just bad. And he say change the culture. That's what I meant when I said you need somebody in the locker room that intimidates the head coach. I mean, whether they do it with their talent or in other ways. You need somebody in there to do it. I mean, same thing like with Brady and, and, and Belichick and even him and Tampa Bay. He intimidates the, the, the coach because he Brady. You know what I'm saying? He do it with his talent. And some people have done it with they other things. You know, you got like when Indama when Kinsu was running through locker rooms, he was scared. The coach was scared of him. So, so you know the other players were. So... <laughs> You need something to put some people in line because ain't no way that man was supposed to hit that man. It ain't nothing that man could have said on the football field to make you punch him. Well, I think, you know, know your personnel and the undisciplined. I think we saw it. At, unfortunately, it ran rapid. They picked today, I mean, yesterday, to let you know, the, the undisciplined is run rapid in the game yesterday. And I think a lot of people were, you know, I, 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 look, I, like I said, I think some of the guys were just, you know, especially once Weems dropped the touchdown pass, I think you can kind of tell that, you know what, mentally, I think they were just out of it. I, I, I just think that's, just, that's, that's from what I saw. And I felt yeah, bad. You could... Yeah, go ahead, Lamont. No, I was just saying, I felt bad for him because he did just drop it. He just dropped it. And I was like, that might mess up his whole, as far as, confidence and positivity that might mess him up forever you know what i'm saying that that that, that was a big move if anything happens at hellas hall this week or or as soon as possible we'll break it down for you on our podcast coming up on friday and and so uh the this is just a a a tip of the iceberg um some things will happen at hellas hall when if and when we don't know but Whatever happens, we'll break it down for you on Second City Sports. So, Musa, <laughs> as we, even though we have a few minutes left in this segment, we'll, we'll break we'll break down the Saturday games, and then on, starting our next segment, we'll break down the Sunday games. As you're listening to Second City Sports, along with Lakina McGee and Lamont Scott, I am Sydney Brown. Thank goodness there were other football action all day from Saturday last Saturday and last Sunday. But as I said before. We'll end this sun, this uh, segment by breaking down the Saturday games. First up, it was the Buffalo Bills holding on to beat the Indianapolis Colts by the score of 27 to 24. Josh Allen for Buffalo was 26 to 35 for 324 yards and two touchdown passes. Jonathan Taylor for the Colts had 21 carries, 70, 78 yards in the score. And Stephon Diggs, the big acquisition via trade this offseason, in his first playoff game in front of a crowd for the Buffalo Bills, had six catches for 128 yards and a touchdown. Lamont, I'll start with you. What was your uh, takeaway from um, the Bills' win on Saturday? One, that was a great game. That was a great game. Yes, it was. And and uh, it took away – that's a team that has showed you sticking with the program, sticking with patience, sticking with what worked. Uh, 
you know, people was dogging Josh Allen for a minute. They didn't think Josh Allen was that man for a minute. And now you, all you hear is he might be the best quarterback other than Patrick Mahomes. I mean, so he, patience, something that we didn't have with a lot of situations here in Chicago, but also he does have the talent. So that, that makes a difference also. But, I mean, with the game itself, uh, you know, Buffalo did what they do. You know, Buffalo can put it up on you because Diggs can run past you. Singletary is a is a real running back who who reminds me a lot of our running back if used properly. So I'm a Singletary fan, and, and you look you look at um, the other one, uh, the slot Beasley. They, I mean, they got some people over there that do their thing in Buffalo. So I'm I'm happy for him. What it's been 25 years. 95 so, since 95. Know, I, I, I rode with Buffalo on every one of their Super Bowls because I was a Thurman Thomas guy. I I liked it him and Bruce Bruce the, the defense and and I mean I I wanted them to win the Super Bowl then. So I, I'm rolling. I like them. So I was happy that they pulled it off. Yeah, that was a very entertaining game, like you guys said, because I, I, I watched that game. And uh, look, I mean, you can kind of tell, you know, early on there was some of the nerves, you know, you know, the nerves from the Bills because, you know, because for some of these guys, it's not fall for, for some of them. This is their first playoff appearance. But it's it, it sort of, you know, seeing the evolution of Josh Allen, you know, he had a fumble early, but he was able to kind of hold on to the ball. He had two touchdown uh, passes and a, and a rushing touchdown. You know, Stephon Diggs, you know, like you said, Lamont, what a big acquisition for, for the Bills there. He's been a bright – he's been sort of like that that extra extra target. Cole Beasley made some big, you know, big catches. Devin Singletary made some, you know, big rushing and catches. You know, that the defense were able to slow down that Colts offense when they had to because it was definitely back and forth for a while. It, mm-hmm. And it was it, it was just it was just fun to see and you know the the, the Colts I mean that Frank Wright I mean why didn't he go for it on that fourth down I, I that's still like, there was another coach that we'll we'll talk about in the next time but that probably should went for it on fourth down but that's another <laughs> that's another, <laughs> another that's another story well we'll save that but uh I, I mean look I look I mean the Bills I think the Bills are on a mission and. I, I think they feel I think they feel like they could knock off KC should it get to that point, but I think they have a very tough matchup on Sunday, uh, Saturday I should say. So we'll, we'll get to that you know later in the week. But you know that was just a, a fun game on on Saturday. A quick question for you guys before we move on: uh, Philip Rivers uh, for the Colts ha- had a good game. He had, he had twenty-seven of forty-six for three hundred and nine yards and two touchdown passes with a rating of ninety-three point five. Uh, uh, go around around the panel. Do you guys think that Phil Rivers has played his last game in the NFL or and or for the Colts? I'll start with you, Lamont. I think he'll be back next year for one more. Why wouldn't? Okay. You know, I mean, he still he he didn't look like he didn't look like the old Philip Rivers. He didn't look like an old Philip Rivers. He looked like a competent quarterback. Who I mean, who looked like he might have something left in the tank. Yes, yeah, same here. I mean, look, he look, he didn't do what you know, the Philip Rivers did in the playoffs. I mean, he didn't have any you know silly interceptions or silly turnovers. So I, he might he might come back and try try again one more time. I mean, 
Look, you can tell that he commands that locker room. I think they're going to want to try and maybe go for it one more time. So I think he might be back next year with the Colts. All right. Let's break down the second game from Saturday. It was the Seattle Seahawks dropping a big bomb at home, losing to the Los Angeles Rams 30-20. to Russell Wilson did not have a good game. He was only 11-27 for 174 yards and two touchdown passes. Cam Akers for the Rams had 28 carries for 131 yards and a touchdown score, the rookie running back out of, of Florida State. DK Metcalf had five catches for 96 yards in, in two touchdowns, but let's be honest here, Jalen Ramsey, uh, the defensive back for the Rams, was in his grill for the entire game. As we talked about Lakina on our last episode, that was the matchup I was look, really looking forward to. and uh, uh, It was very entertaining, but Jared Goff uh, came in off the bench substituting for John Wolford, who was injured with a concussion, had to be taken to a hospital. Jared Goff only uh, completed nine of 19 passes for 155 yards, but he had a big touchdown pass in the second half. And let's be honest here, guys, uh, my outlook from this game, it was the Rams' defense and it was the running game. As we said on Friday, Lakin, whoever, uh, even though we both did pick the Seahawks to win, if the Rams don't have a good running game, Jared Goff is, is not good. Let's be real here. But that defense and the running game carried the day uh, for the road team. Yeah, and I know that some folks were, were surprised by that. I mean, we were, like we talked about, Sid. I mean, these are divi divisional foes. They played each other. They split their season series. And we mm -hmm. both said that if, you know, the, the defense and the running, you know, Cam Akers, you know, he was a, a one-man record crew for that, that, that offense for the Rams, 131 yards, a rushing touchdown. They kept, the, they kept the, the chains moving, kept Russell Wilson off the field. And the defense, five sacks. They, they sacked Russell Wilson five times. Mm -hmm. And look, Aaron Donald, you know, he was banged up. He didn't play most of that second half because, you know, some, some bruise ribs. But Jordan Fuller, I mean, you know, he, he, you know, he did his same. Troy Reader, Ashawn Robinson, and, you know, those guys really stepped up, of course. You know, Jalen Ramsey, you know, was able to kind of, you know, tame a DK Metcalf. And you could tell he was, you know, Metcalf was getting frustrated. So Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Oh yeah, so I'm I'm not surprised by this at all, and the good for the uh, good for the, uh, the the Rams. Well, you know, if, if we was hollering out duds, I would be hollering out the dud right now. <laughs> <laughs> they, they were my, they were my biggest dud. How you how you don't beat them at home? You got Donald hurt, Cooper Cup hurt, Wolford neck hurt. Golf got a three pins and a finger. How, how y'all don't beat them? Ru Russell Wilson looked confused. He looked nervous. And I'm not going to understand Aaron Donald is an uh, interesting player. I mean, he, he was the one player that, uh, uh, you know, I'd be watching football with my mother. So she, she was like, when they played the Bears, she was like, I don't know who that one is, but that's a mean one. Like he don't even stop chasing you. He keep chasing you. I was like, yeah, he pretty mean, and and he is. So, I mean, I look I look forward to him chasing in the next. I hope his ribs heal quickly. I want to see him. Like those, you thought those matchups were good. See, the matchup next week with uh with Jalen Ramsey gonna be even better. 
So I look because he got veteran experience with a veteran quarterback. So that's that's gonna be even better. So yeah, I mean Seattle just disappointed in so many ways. You can't put all. I mean Metcalf. He should have been frustrated going up against the Jalen Ramsey because you look at what Jalen had done and been through, and you look at what he had done and been through. This this his first time with everything. Even though this Jalen first time in the playoffs, this ain't his first time having to guard somebody like you. So that's where that came in at. But yeah, overall, Seattle they needed the 12th man. I know they looked around at the Saints with they 30,000 and Buffalo with they 20,000. It was like we could have had somebody here. Well, wasn't that many there, but either of those last two places that you mentioned. But uh, I get where you're coming from. Yeah, they 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 could have used somebody. It got loud. It got loud in that Buffalo game a few times. Yeah, and, yeah. And Superdome's so big, it's not gonna get loud anywhere unless it's full. So. But but to, but to be fair though, Governor Inslee, Jay Inslee, who's the governor, watched this and uh uh no, you guys are not nope. Nope, nope, no exceptions. Nope, nope. <laughs> he said he was it's September 2021, hopefully. Yeah, yeah I must say, yeah, he was very adamant. He said, uh-uh, no, no. <laughs> I think, they, I think the, the, older, the ownership asked him, too. He said, nope, no, no. <laughs> and the last uh, note or two from, uh, from that game, Aaron Donald had two sacks. Leonard Floyd, I think you were going to mention Lamont. He had two big sacks as well. So uh, the Rams' defense uh, confused Russell Wilson just about from the jump. And that's one of the things that helped them help them win. Now Saturday night. Wait, 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 real quick though. Leonard Floyd. I mean, talk about a renaissance. I mean, it didn't work. Yeah, well yeah. No, nope, it's fear. Look, he's kicking. It, <laughs> it's fear. It's not a renaissance. It's fear. He wasn't scared of Khalil Mack. He's scared of Aaron Donald. <laughs> Khalil Mack is a big guy, but he's a nice guy. You know, he like big friendly. You know, Aaron Donald like he eat tires. Like, okay. Oh gosh. Two glass before the game. And and that's that's the kind of need. And then you look, you look at Aaron Donald, right? Like take Leonard Floyd. You walking on the defense, you got Aaron Donald up there scaring everybody and then you got Jalen Ramsey in the back like a, <laughs> like okay I'm gonna hit you with a bat so I ain't all that scaring you so yeah I would be I would be nervous and trying to sack people too so great <laughs> <job>. <laughs> all right last game that we'll review for this segment from the Saturday games the Tampa Bay Buccaneers move on to the next round after they defeated the Washington football team 31-23. Tom Brady was 22 of 40 for 381 yards and two touchdowns. Leonard Fournette carried the ball 19 times for the Buccaneers for 93 yards in the score. And Mike Evans, who hyperextended his knee in the regular season finale last week against the Falcons, he had six catches for 119 yards. Excuse me. Clearly, guys, the story here was Taylor Henneke. For uh, the backup quarterback for the Washington football team, he got the start over Alex Smith. He had 306 yards with a touchdown and also an interception. But uh, he <laughs> he played his you-know-what off. Antonio Gibson, the running the Washington running back, only had 14 carries for thir for 31 yards. It didn't uh, the, he didn't get it done as we thought uh, uh, he would. Lakina, when we uh, previewed the game on, on Friday. Well, the receiving court for Washington uh, it, it stepped up. Cam Sims had seven catches for 104 yards. Terry McLaurin had six catches for 75 yards. Steven Sims had the only touchdown catch from the receiving court for Washington. 
clearly, Lakina is uh, Washington's defense that kept them in the game. Of course, uh, Chris Godwin, who scored a touchdown for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he had a couple of drops, especially early in the, in the game. Those are my two takeaways uh, from Tampa Bay's uh, win. I'll start with you, Lakina. What was your takeaway from Tampa and Washington? I, look, I mean, you know, a stud, if we're going to give out like studs does for a playoff edition. I mean, look, Taylor Heineke, the losing effort. I mean, you got to commend him. I mean, kind of coming in and said, okay, you know what, I'm, I'm ready. Let's do this. You know, his first, you know, career NFL you know, playoff start. Uh, look, got, had a touchdown pass, a touchdown, uh, a touchdown run. I mean, look, he did enough to try to keep them in the game and, you know, the defense too as well. But, Look, you know, the star power and of the Buccaneers, I think just were just too much in the end. You know, Brady did what Brady usually does in the playoffs, you know, two touchdowns, two touchdown passes. I mean, the defense did just to kind of slow the Washington defense down. I mean, Levante David made some big tackles late. Also, Carlton Davis and, you know, Antonio, Antoine, Free, Antoine Wheelfield Jr., excuse me, did what his dad did back in the day. You know, made some, you know, make some key uh, stops there as well. So, Look, I mean, it was actually it was actually a quite entertaining game of what in what could have easily been a blowout, but it wasn't. And look, they had to, you know, but the Bucks had to kind of scratch and claw their way to a win, and they were able to do just that. Lamont, and, and you look at it like you said, we was handing out studs. Tyler Taylor would definitely get one. That man played his yeah. You know why? Because he came from the XFL. That's right, <laughs> That's XFL true. rules. That is true, yes. <laughs> yeah, the XFL player. And, and no, what he did, he got himself a job. That's what he did. He got himself a job in the NFL next year with someone. I wish our quarterback was playing that hard. I really do. I really, really <laughs> I mean, it may have made a difference. But, and you look at, you look at that defense, Tom Brady just showed that they're young. That's it. He showed that they're young. He showed when Chase Young is triple teamed and did he triple teamed and chipped at the same time. <laughs> so and, and and they showed that he showed that they're young and that's what it did. So I think the future is truly bright for Washington. And and I hope they get a name. Uh, taking a look at the stats from the Washington football team, former Barry John Bossy had seven tackles total for a solo. Darren Payne had two sacks for the Washington football team. Montez Sweat had a sack on Brady as well. Uh, on the flip side for Tampa Bay, uh, um, looking at their offensive stats, Chris Garman, as I mentioned, had a touchdown catch off of five catches for 79 yards. Gronkowski uh, wasn't really in the game plan, but Antonio Brown, two catches for 49 yards, including – a touchdown catch. We'll preview their matchup against the Saints on our podcast on Friday. But uh, I'll start with you, Lakina. Do you think that Tampa Bay, even though they survived uh, against Washington, do you think they'll at least have enough to at least hang in there with the Saints? Should be a fun matchup. We'll we'll see. I mean, I think they feel as I think they're going to feel like maybe in the second meet they probably had a chance to win it. I, I, I think, I mean, I think they feel like, you know, since a lot of guys were not healthy then. So I, I think, I think they can hang in there. Look, you got, you got two 40 plus year old quarterbacks, you know, mm-hmm. trying to probably their last, you know, sort of playoff run. I think both, this is going to be one of those. And they're also divisional foes too. This is going to be like a claw. Like I said, we'll, we'll talk more about it in, on Friday's pod, but it'll be, it's going to be very interesting. I'll say that. Yeah. Um, 
I can't wait to us till we get to reviewing that game. That should be real exciting. But a uh, final note on that game, like with Tampa Bay, you mentioned Lakina star power. They just had too much for Washington. Washington, it was like playing your little brother, so to speak. I bet if they play next year, it might be different. On on that note, we'll put a close on segment number one. Segment number two is coming up after we take this brief time out. When we come back, we'll review the Sunday wild card games from the National Football League, which was two. And plus, we'll break down the college football national championship game between the Alabama Crimson Tide and the Ohio State Buckeyes. And we'll get into some NBA college football, maybe sneak in some NHL before we close out. You're listening to Sega City Sports. Welcome back to our second segment of Second City Sports Zoom Style. Zoom oh, Style. Style. <laughs> Along with Lakina McGee and Lamont Scott, I am Sydney Brown. You can follow yours truly on these social media streets, as the kids would say, on Twitter and Instagram at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can follow me at Kina McGee on Twitter and at Kina underscore McGee on the IG. And you can follow me at Lamont Scott on Facebook, Lamont Scott 69 on Instagram, and Lamont Scott 16 on Twitter. You can follow this podcast, Second City Sports, part of our, uh, along with the other podcast programming from We Are Regal Radio by simply typing in your search engine box, War on Media, wherever you download your podcast, including the iHeartRadio app. And also, we're on YouTube at War Media, once again, at War Media. All right, guys, let's get it started by reviewing the two Sunday uh, wildcard games for the National Football League. We'll start with the early game from Sunday. It was the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson, Lamont's mother's favorite football player, finally <laughs> getting the monkey off his back, no pun intended. <laughs> That's the Baltimore Ravens defeat the Tennessee Titans 20 to 13. Lamar Jackson, I should say, uh, was 17 for 24 for 179 yards, even though he threw an intercession. But he also had over 100 yards rushing by himself, 136 to be exact, with a touchdown of 16 carries. And Marquise Hollywood Brown had a good game for Baltimore, seven catches for over. 109 yards. Lakina, I'll start with you. You always say that certain games has that 9-6, uh, 10-7 type of feel. This this had that feel from start to finish on Sunday. Oh, yeah, absolutely. This is sort of like a game of chess, right? I mean, the, the, the Titans mm-hmm. you know, went out to that early lead, and then you know, the Ravens scored 10, you know, 10 points, you know, in the, in the second quarter to tie it going into halftime. And then, you know, the Ravens kind of just kicked it into gear and look, Lamar Jackson, 136 rushing yards as well as 179 pass yards. Like you just said, Sid, and also, but also too, let's not, let's not lose focus. The defense, the defense was able to kind of tame Derrick Henry, only 40 yards rushing. That's the lowest of his career. So having guys, you know, Pernell McPhee, a name familiar to Bears fans, Derrick Wolf, Mario Humphrey, um, of course, Calais Campbell. <laughs> you know, I think that makes a big difference too. He because he didn't play in that early uh, season game in Week 11 that they when they played each other, they were able to slow him down and let the the, the Ravens adjust enough to win that game. And look, you know, this is also John Harbaugh's first playoff win in six years. So 
that that's another element too. So, you know, Marcus Peters, you know, when he had that game winning, you know, that, that the game clinching touchdown, I mean, uh, interception, they stopped, they all, a lot of them stopped on the, uh, the Titans logo in the middle of the field. Now, for context, the Titans did that to the Ravens logo when they played in, on week 17. So that's what people forget because you know, I heard some people say, oh, it was class that so they did that. No, no, that was, you know, karma. You know, they did, you know, they did them their house, you know, they did their house. And look, you know, the, you know, Lamar, of course, you know, whereas they would exercise those demons, but also the defense too kind of did what they needed to do. Yeah. Uh, yes. And she watched that game from start to finish in her Saints jersey. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I said, okay. Oh, just woke up. Yeah, early. real quick, Lamont, and we'll probably get to this later, but since was, this was on my mind, and I know you weren't available to join us in our last episode. You know that the Bears, uh, along with all the other teams in the NFL, released their uh, opponents uh, for next season. And guess who's coming to Chicago? Because <laughs> the Bears will play the AFC North next year. Oh. Uh, Lamar uh, Jackson, yes. Oh, mm-hmm. they play, so they play in Pittsburgh and Baltimore next year? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the Bears will go to Pittsburgh and Baltimore will come here. But like I said, we'll get to the rest of the, of the opponents later. But, yeah, Lamar Jackson will be coming, making his Chicago debut next season in 2021. Mm-hmm. Unless it's the so, first game of the season when it's still September, I will not. And it be cold at Soldier Field except in the summertime. I want people to know that. At that, at that college football game, it be cold at Soldier Field once the second half starts. So Soldier Field be cold. So unless that game is the first game of the season, uh, may not go to that one. Uh, you can bring your mother, too, if she's in good health. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah, but actually, you know what? She probably will be in Louisiana for good by the time that starts. So, okay. just want to let you know. You get back to um, the the Ravens uh, Titans concert. I just wanted to point that out. Yeah. So yeah, he. Uh, you know that game. When you got a player like him that can just open it up at any minute, that's something good to have. That's something that I wish we had. Another player we passed on, probably, right? And so you, you look at that, and you look at the running game. I was happy for Harbaugh, definitely. He just spent a minute. He needed that. Hollywood Brown. And like Lakina had mentioned, the stomping on the logo. Yes, they earned that one. I like a little titty football. They did it to them. We did it to you. Although I would have waited till the game was over, so it didn't cost me a penalty or something. But I wouldn't have <laughs> did it then. But at the same time, I like the way Lamar ended the game. He just ran off the field. Like, okay, it's done now. Now y'all can stop talking crazy. So, yeah, I mean, overall, it was it was it was a good game, man. Like, I'm glad they were able to get past them with the job they did on Derrick Henry. He was getting so frustrated, the coach had to pull him to the side and have a holler with him. Like, my man, you know, you still the man, right? And he I, he was doubting himself, I think. And, and it's it, the first time I ever seen him ship. So great job, Baltimore. Uh, looking at the other side for, for the Tennessee Titans, uh, the, as you mentioned, Lakina, the offense didn't get it done. It, as I referenced before all season, uh, the Tennessee Titans are like the Los Angeles Rams. Unless their running game is good, you force their quarterbacks who cannot throw the ball downfield. Even though Ten Hills, I think, is a little bit better than Jared Goff, if you force the game in his hands, it is going to be trouble, and that's what Baltimore did on Sunday. Uh, the Titans' defense actually stood up to the challenge, but it was the offense that failed. And shout out to Harold Landry III, who had two sacks 
uh, for the Tennessee Titans on Lamar Jackson. And uh, Daquan Jones got in uh, on the sack as well. We questioned the Titans' defense, Lakina, for the last couple of weeks. We know statistically they're at the bottom of the – they have playmakers on their team, and, and they have a bunch of numb names. And it's, it's an extension uh, in the personality of their head coach, Mike Vrabel. So let's still give them credit. But they, their offense in particular, their running game, failed them against a very good defense. Absolutely. And like I, like I said, I mean, if they can get them to slow the, the guys down, we talked about it on Friday, said – I read off the names, you know, Derek Wolf, Pernell McPhee. I mean, all those guys mm-hmm. were able to, you know, slow down not only not only uh, not only Henry, but also that net offense and the Titans' offense in general. So in the second half, especially. Everybody except AJ Brown, <laughs> he was the only one. He was the only bright spot, and I thought they should have kept going to him. <laughs> they may have stood a better chance. They they could have kept throwing it to him, but. You know, overall, that defense stood up. That's what Lamar Jackson said also. He was like, the defense wanted some respect. But they got it now going forward. We're going to see what happens. All right. In our last game from Sunday night, the Cleveland Browns avoided a choke job as they uh, defeated the Pittsburgh Steelers 48-37. to This is the Cleveland Browns franchise's first playoff victory since 1994. And this is their first road playoff win, I believe, since 1969. They set a record for 28 first quarter points. That is the most in NFL history in a playoff game since the 1969. The original Oakland Raiders. <laughs> Take a look at the um, quick numbers. Ben Roethlisberger, has he played his last game in the Pittsburgh uniform? We shall see, but he was 47 of 68 for 501 yards and four touchdown passes, but three critical interceptions in the first quarter. Ugh. Uh, for, for the rushing yards, Nick Chubb did his thing for Cleveland, 18 carries for 76 yards. Juju Smith-Schuster, without his silly dancing, showed up for Pittsburgh, 13 catches for 157 yards and one touchdown. I'll be honest here, guys. Uh, uh, we talked about this on Friday, Lakina. We thought that Cleveland would stay in it, but uh, from the first play of the game, where uh, Marcus Pouncey followed the football uh, on the first snap of the game, Cleveland just uh, – uh, took advantage, jumped on it, and it was it was like a fire was lit under them from the word go. Uh, uh, you knew that Pittsburgh were were going to try to come back, and which they did. They almost completed it, but Cleveland had enough just to hold off at the end. But if you really look at it deeper, Pittsburgh shot themselves in the foot. To be honest with you, give Cleveland credibility more of Pittsburgh shooting themselves in the foot, and it started with the first play of the game. Yeah, that fumble. I mean, that I was just sitting down, you know, getting the game, you know, had you know, turning the game on, and just had the, the fumble happen, and I thought, oh boy, yeah, this might this might be a, a sign of what's to come. And it did just that. And look, I mean, you got to come in Cleveland. They they only had two full days of practice. Cause a lot of their guys, you know, mm-hmm. some of them had to practice virtually, and they, they, the coach, you know, Kevin Stefanski, I think, was like up in the up in the um in the press box because he couldn't be down there with his guys, so. It, you know, look, you commend Cleveland for what for what they did. And look, Baker Mayfield, they showed you that, look, he's a pretty good quarterback and maybe he can do it in the playoffs, you know, with three touchdown passes. But it, I think for me, and I teased this earlier, so I want to pay off this tease, the fact that, you know, the Steelers didn't go for it on fourth down. Yeah, that was about, yeah, it was about like 11 or 12 minutes left, but you don't, look, the way the Browns were moving the ball, you don't know when they were going to get the ball again at your defense you know, it was sort of up and down. So the fact that they didn't go for it, they only need like a half a yard. So they should have went for it. 
perhaps maybe they would have cut into that lead. Who knows what would have happened after that? So, if, you know, if, Big ben, if this is Big Ben's last game in the Steelers uniform, what a way to go! Four interceptions, ugh. and and you know, Juju Smith. Remember, he's up next year. Do you do they? Yeah, does he? You know, do they put a franchise tag on him, or do he decide to leave? So, a lot of questions for Pittsburgh, but also you know, you got to commend Cleveland for what they did. Yep. If you think back to our week 17 predictions, remember when I told y'all, you do not let your division fall in the playoffs. Remember we talked about that. I told y'all they should go and beat their brain in because you don't want to see your division in the playoffs. I best they wish they would have did that now and they wouldn't have all these problems. <laughs> To go yeah. along with to go along with Big Ben's, they got 18 free agents on that team. Yep, they got, they got a lot of moves to make. I mean, Cleveland coach was in his basement at home somewhere. That 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 that's that that didn't look good at all. I, I can imagine the cuss words that were coming out of Mike Tomlin's mouth in that locker room after that game. I mean, he he. You know, people people said Pittsburgh was gonna challenge for the Miami Dolphins record after week ten. Uh, what seven weeks make a big difference? I see, huh? So yeah, I mean, I think if they would have took care of that business, like I said in week seventeen, they might still be playing right now. But let's be honest here too, Lamont. Pittsburgh was affected by COVID from other teams, so they had to play three games within twelve days. I'm with you as far as their eleven zero start. Was it a mirage even at the time? Yes. Were they a good team? Yes. But after they lost Washington and you had Dupree, their linebacker with their primary pass rusher, uh, uh, get lost for the season with a torn ACL, that's when things started to go down here, hill for Pittsburgh. Will they be back next year? Who knows? It all depends on that on that quarterback. If you and speaking of Roethlisberger, you remember a couple of years ago, and I believe it was after that Jacksonville loss in the division round, divisional round in 2017. He was starting to have thoughts then of uh, I don't know, this may be over and la la la. And I think the year before the same thing when they lost to the Patriots in the AFC title game in Foxborough. I don't know. It's been uh, it's been rough and. In a way, I can understand it because he's a well. He was a mobile quarterback. He's not so much anymore because of his age and those injuries that it takes a toll on you. So, I wouldn't be surprised if Roethlisberger retires. But uh, hopefully, Pittsburgh has a better plan at quarterback because is it really Mason Rudolph? No, you saw that last year. You saw what happened. Is it Doug Hodges? No, you saw that last year. Look what happened. So, like I said, Pittsburgh has a lot of decisions to make this offseason. Deshaun Watson, they're going to be their quarterback, and they're going to keep moving forward. <laughs> well, I don't know. Do they have the draft capital? I don't know. Do they have the draft capital to pull off a trade like that? You no, know, it, it remains, especially with 18 free agents, huh? Yeah. They don't, may not have the money. Yep. All right, let's go to the grid. Like, you know, we did the, the NFL playoffs, but it was a big national championship game commencing tonight. Let's talk about uh, number one Alabama featuring Heisman Trophy winner Devontae Smith, the first you know the first non-quarterback slash running back to do it, first wide receiver to win the Heisman Trophy since Desmond Howard, all the way back in '91. That's how long this has been. <laughs> Just a third of <laughs> Alabama about uh, got to do it. He's actually the third to do it like in the last I think what 15, 10, 12 years. So mm -hmm. you know, congrats to him. And also also won the Walter Camp Award for basically you know the same you know same history making there. <laughs> 
But uh, where do you guys see? Yeah, Alabama, number one, number three, Ohio State. They're commencing down in Florida. Where do you guys see this game? Uh, if Ohio State feel, still feel like they disrespected and don't belong there, they may come out and shock the world again. Um, people say they couldn't stand a clamp. They didn't stand a chance with Clemson. They thought that was going to be a Clemson beat there. So <laughs> if, if you was thinking that Clemson could beat Alabama after what Ohio State did to Clemson, you got to be giving them a shot. And, hey, who knows? Justin Fields may want to be the number one pick. <laughs> if he come out and play like he played against Clemson, he may – nah, he still probably wouldn't be the number one pick. But he may get to open some more eyes. But I think they got to lean on that running back uh, sermon if they want to get past it. <coughs> they run Trey. If they keep running Trey and Justin play like he uh, still feel disrespected, then it's going to be worth watching. I'm going to have my television on. I agree with you, Oman. It's going to come down to the running game for both teams. I'm looking at Najee Harris from Alabama. I think who's the best running back in the country. He has 24 touchdown runs uh, this season for over 1,300 yards. Uh, let's see what Mac Jones of Alabama can do. Can he pick that uh, a Buckeyes defense apart if, if Harris is doing his thing running the ball? Mac Jones is almost like Jared Goff <laughs> and uh, Jared Goff. Uh, he's not that good. He's a good quarterback, but uh, he's not what people think he is without a good running game. So I'm looking for that as well. I'm looking forward to see what schemes that Alabama has for Justin Fields. Because like you mentioned, Lamont, we know that Justin Fields is is mobile, okay? And Alabama has a good defense, but if they don't have the right schemes to help at least neutralize Justin Fields, it's, it's, it's going to be a long night. I don't know if you can sack him, just straight up blitz him, because he can just take off just like that. But I want to see what kind of schemes they come up with to help confuse uh, Fields at the line of scrimmage. And I think also, Sid, that uh, SEC and ACC teams aren't as physical as Big Ten teams. So we're going to see, we're going to see a different kind of physicality in certain areas, like we're going to see certain times when Najee Harris run, he may get tackled harder than he got tackled in, in the SEC. And SEC, the best conference, we all know that, so they say. And uh, us up here, we feel like the Big Ten should be making some type of name and noise. So it's a different type of football when it comes to the trenches and different things. So, I mean, this is the matchup that I wanted to see personally from when college football first started. You know, regardless of how many games Ohio State played, this is the game I wanted to see. So I'm happy I'm getting it, and I can't wait to watch it. It should be a fun one. I, I, this should be a very entertaining uh, matchup here, I think. Look, I think it's going to depend on, the, on the, whose defense can slow down the offense, whose offense, you know, more. You know, can you know, Alabama stop Justin Fields and Trey Sermon and Garrett Wilson, that uh, Ohio State offense? And can the Ohio State defense, you know, yes, their physicality, of course, you know, playing the Big Ten, can they, but they have a tough task going, you got to slow down Mac Jones, Najee Harris, and Devontae Smith. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see who ha is assigned to uh, try to guard Devontae Smith. That's going to be a, a very tough task, no doubt about it. So I think, I think for me, it's going to be the defense. I think the defense is going to be the factors here. I think there's going to be the X factors. Whose defense can slow down whose offense is the best? Yes, I think you got to hit Mac Jones. And, and that's where it starts. And then they have to 
lean on uh, Najee Harris. And then once you stack the box and maybe they got a backup in, things can happen. So it's, it's, it's going to be worth I'm going to get some popcorn. I'm going to see what happens. Let before we yeah before we close out this college football segment, let's guess at Devontae Smith's numbers. I'm gonna go with ten catches for 120 yards and two scores. I I'll, I'll go with you on that. I'll go with you on that. I, I ain't gonna I ain't gonna give him two scores. I give him one score. I might stick with the ten catches and about 120, 140 in one touchdown. I ain't going to give them two because I think they're going to have to run that ball to win. All right. Should be uh, before we move, yeah, Before we move on to, to basketball and the Bulls in particular, we have breaking news from the world of the National Football League. Philadelphia Eagles have moved on from head coach Doug Peterson, Matt Nagy's buddy in Kansas City. <laughs> he was 42-37 and won throughout his four seasons in Philadelphia. He helped uh, coached the team to the 2017 Super Bowl, beating the New England Patriots. Uh, they made the playoffs a couple of times after that, but this season was just terrible. Uh, his handling of Carson Wentz to Jalen Hurts and then sneaking in Nate, Sut Nate Sutfeld in that regular season finale uh, against the Washington football team, basically giving that the football team the, the NFC East title. And he had some people around the league upset at that. Of course, the ownership told Peterson to play Sudfeld. The players weren't having it. Uh, what do you guys think, Lamont? I'll start with you. Do you think Doug Peterson will get another another head coaching job in the NFL? No, but I just had a horrible thought after what you said. I mean, he, he can't come on as an offensive coordinator to the Bears next year, right? That's his guy. <laughs> And bring Carson Wentz with him. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Okay. <laughs> you going to have the mechanics operating like an actual football franchise. <laughs> yeah. they, they, could bring, they, could bring, they could bring Doug over to help him with his offense. And you actually have Matt Nagy uh, be under his shadow, even though Nagy's the head coach. Oh, you don't want that drama, Lamont. No, no, that's not. I don't. But <laughs> you give him that there's too much credit here. <laughs> worse i mean really like yeah i mean why not i mean he he's gonna probably get a job because he won the super bowl and mm -hmm. most coaches that win the super bowl get another job but at the same time i think him and carson wentz just never worked that's why he didn't win the super bowl with carson wentz he won it with nick Foles. That's remember why carson wentz got hurt that year um yeah he, he was did. on his way to mvp yeah but at the same time, he didn't get along with Carson when Carson was well. And when Jalen was in the game, the team responded better. So I think once he pulled at uh, Nate Sutfield, I think he knew his days were numbered. He, I mean, he knew it was over then. He's probably saw the writing on the wall. They have had a lot of Brad Bacon, bad breaks. Everybody stayed hurt. I think Alshon Jeffrey played, what, three games a year since he's been there. <laughs> So it, 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 it could be bad, man. But at the same time, you know, I wish the brother well. Hopefully don't end up in Chicago. <laughs> that would be what if he replaces Matt Nagy? <laughs> 
Look, I mean, look, you don't want all that smoke, right? I mean, he'll I'm sure he'll get he'll get his opportunities because like he got a Super Bowl under his belt. So that's what's gonna help that's what's probably gonna help him get a job job somewhere. I'm sure he'll he'll probably get a head coaching job. I mean, I don't see him, you know, selling for unless you know none of the the, the other jobs that are available, unless you know, they all all of a pass up on him. He'll probably will be a, get a coordinating job, but not here in Chicago. I don't think that's gonna help. That's gonna entail too much drama. But uh, I'm not I'm not too surprised by this because, like you said, you know, after what happened that last uh, regular season game with Washington, I I, I like I think that you know we brought stuff out and sort of like he kind of knew that that was sort of be you know the end for him. So I'm not too surprised about this move. I'm interested to see what the Eagles decide to do. And well, you know who who they're gonna who are the Nebraska listen to, listen to more? Will they listen to Carson Wentz? Will they listen to Jalen Hurts? It's gonna be very interesting. Yeah, yeah. we'll be we'll keep our eyes on that. Now money. let's turn <laughs> let's turn our page to the NBA. Let's in the Chicago Bulls. We'll start off with the Chicago Bulls first. Breaking news uh, from the world of basketball: the Bulls and the Boston Celtics. Uh, the game that was scheduled to be played on Tuesday night has been postponed due to COVID concerns and a lack of available players for both squads. And also in NBA news, the Dallas Mavericks and the New Orleans uh, Pelicans game from Monday uh, is being postponed. It'll be made up at a later date. But back to on the court for the Chicago Bulls, they completed their four-game West Coast road trip. Uh, they, they're on the current three-game losing streak. After taking the opening game at Portland, Last week, with a 111-108 victory, they, they have now lost three in a row. They lost to Sacramento, to the Lakers, and to the Clippers. I'll start with you, Lakina. We talked about it on Friday. You started to see some growth within this team, but they haven't turned the corner yet in learning how to play team defense from 48 minutes. And it looks like Zach Levine wants to be the guy to take the last shot. We saw that on Friday against the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, I thought he should have drove the ball to the to the basket, me personally, but that just wasn't in the cards. Of course, looking at Sunday's game against the Clippers, Zach Levine had 45 points. It, it shows me that he, he wants to be the guy, and he's, he's stepping up and trying to play a little bit better defense this year. But the Bulls, it, I think we expected this. They're now 4-7. and seven. I think we expected this uh, uh, before the season uh, got started. This is a team in transition this year because of their under new leadership from the head coach to the front office. And we're starting to see the growth, but at some point we got to start seeing these losses turn into wins. And that's what I picked up from this West Coast World Trip uh, watch uh, from this past week. Look, I think a lot of people had them going over. So the fact that they won, we were able to win one game, I think that's ahead of you know people's expectations. Look, mm -hmm. Look, I think teams are starting to see that, look, this is not like the Bulls teams for the last few years. You're not going to get it. You know, you're up by, like, you know, 15 or 20 points. You're gonna, you know, the Bulls are just going to, like, you know, go home. You'll know, take their ball and go home and just give up. You're going to get a fight from them. And you saw with all these, all these West Coast games against some of the top teams in the West. You know, you're going to get a fight. You know, you can't, like, as, though, as I heard, like, our, our buddy Dave Watson, you know, the, you know, now the Bulls, you know, Four Bulls, you know, out, outsiders. Now that the out, Bulls outcast on, on hot mic, you make sure to check, check him and our buddy Matt Peck and John Sabide out. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're on, tw on YouTube as well, so check yep. them out. 
Yep, absolutely. But as he said, look, you know, Tisa can't go to the club. I'm, I'm using air quotes here because you can't go to the club, of course, because we're still in, the, in a pandemic. But, you know, you, <laughs> these teams can, you know, they cannot, you know, like, you know, look over the Bulls. You know, you're not going to fight from them. And look, Zach Levine was 10 for 16 from three-pointer. Yes, he missed a, uh, yes, he missed one. But look, I mean, he's still learning how to, he wants to have the clutch gene. He wants to be able to kind of be the guy, as you say, Sid. Look, Garrett Tipple has been, Sort of like that that voice in the locker room, that veteran voice, you know, that veteran presence. Um, you know, Wendell Carter Jr. has been playing better. Patrick Williams was able to kind of, you know, make LeBron play defense, you know, on Friday against Lakers. And you know how much he doesn't like playing defense most of the time until, like, you're about a third way through the season. Um, you know, Kobe White, he's still learning too, but, you know, he's sort of kind of, you know, clawing along here. So, look. Look, I look. I want these things to come to us, but I think we're we're back to being confident and competent, and that's what that's what we've been looking for these last few years, and we're getting it finally. Yep, and you realize we we lost two of them games by one shot, like Sid said. Actually, Zach could have passed the ball to uh, Thaddeus Young for a layup, but I understand why he took the shot because we need an All Star, and he gonna have to hit shots like that to become that All Star. He gave, they gave Clippers fits. The Clippers, they gave the Clippers fits. I mean, Patrick Williams is coming along greatly as a rookie should. And Wendell Carter, like you said, if he can stay healthy. I told you the biggest bull acquisition was the training staff. If the training staff was competent, <laughs> then they would be better. And I, I'm hoping that they can continue to keep these guys on the court. I don't know what's up with Laurie, but hey, if we have to move forward without him, I'm prepared to do so. As long well, as I know I'm moving forward with. You know what I'm saying? You know, so if, if they have to, they have to. But if he come back, may he come back healthy and do his job. And and that's the thing, man. We have a direction. You know, people don't just laugh at us anymore. I can see us making it on TV a couple of more times playing the way we've been playing. We will get a game pump here and there. So, I mean, I'm looking forward to Zach being our first All-Star since Jimmy Butler. And speaking of Laurie marketing, guys, I was looking through Bulls Twitter throughout the weekend and hearing uh, various conversations via the social media world, podcasts, and what have you. And you brought up Lamont, and you jumped ahead a little bit, but then, too, we like it. Uh, Laurie marketing, and I said one of the keys when we did our Bulls slash NBA season preview show, and you can go, if you miss it, you go check it back out at War Media here on YouTube and at War on Anchor via your favorite download podcast platform. And I said the biggest word for the Bulls this year was health. And that's for everybody, including Larry Marketing. Of course, now marketing is still hurt, but um, the Bulls did not pick up his option. They, didn't, they did not extend him before the, the season uh, kicked off. Uh, it looks like you may have to move on from him. Uh, me personally, I think he'll still have a good career, and I think he was one of the players that suffered under the Jim Borland administration that you you didn't use his skills to his strength. I think you, you, I think they'll probably have to move on from Valari anyway. But this team is playing better without him. Dude. And just looking at these games from from last week from the road trip, do you really just take the emotions out of it, Bulls fans? Do you really miss marketing? Do you really miss them? The way they've been playing, even though the record's not good right now, do you really miss them? The answer right now is no. 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 And, and, and I would look to move him to a team like the Knicks and get you a veteran because they're trying to dump two. 
and who also have been impressive this year too. They trying to win. Maybe he needs a fresh start somewhere else, but that'll put him under Thibodeau, and that probably wouldn't help his career much. So I think a, a fresh start for him would be good, you know. But uh, we'll see. But we don't miss him. Yeah, you can definitely tell the difference. <laughs> you can definitely tell the difference though with him not being on the court versus him being on the court. It, it looks more. They look more organized. You know, they look more. You know, going into. They they just look more. You know, more confident. So I like. I don't know if it's because Markman's not there. I don't know because you know the you know the coaching staff is trying to be able to implement some of their their plays and their system into it. So it'll be interesting to see what happens to Marketing. Yeah, it will be interesting. And also, too, before we move on to the rest of the association, these two players have been impressed with coming on with the Mission for Chicago for the Chicago Bulls this year. And we talked about it for the last week or so. Otto Porter Jr., who's looking for a new contract this offseason, by the way, and my guy, Daniel Gafford. Now, you don't need him to score 20 points a game. You just need him to come in. He's like your version of Joe Kim Noor. Just give, give me my 8 to 10 points. Give me my eight to ten rebounds and give me my two block shots a game. Provide that energy coming off the bench. And Otto Porter Jr., same thing. I don't need you to score with 20 points, even though he has the capability to. Just give me my 10, 15 points off the bench, stay out of foul trouble, stay healthy, and we're good. Mm-hmm. And that's what what that's what has made the difference this year, Sid. They they that's what they're doing. They're doing their jobs, they're doing their roles. Ain't nobody getting outside their body. The only one that you can say is getting outside of their body is the one that needs to get outside his body, and that's Zach, because obviously he's going to be the go-to guy. I mean, the step back, jump back three on the Clippers, I mean, that's the go-to guy shot that he took, and that's who he wants to be. And and if he would have hit that shot against the Lakers, this whole conversation would be different right now because he would have been and beat the champions. So, I mean, I look forward to the rest of the year with him. I think he probably may sneak on that all-star team this year. You know, there's no all-star game this year because of COVID. But if there was an all-star game this year, he may get some consideration. I know people wanted him to play in last year's all-star game because he was here in Chicago. But we all know that if you're not on a winning team or don't have outstanding stats, if you're on a losing team, you don't get the nod. But, you know, Zach Lavinia is playing very well right now. Just, let's just have him stay healthy, and let's see if he can be consistent from, uh, from, him, from here on out. Should be, should be interesting. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Let's turn to uh, our attention to the association right now. Uh, one of the couple of games I was able to catch over the weekend via my computer <laughs> was uh, Michael Jordan's Charlotte Hornets. That's right. Michael Jordan's Charlotte Hornets there are now. 5-5 as we record this podcast. Uh, Saturday night's game was a very entertaining one. They defeated the Atlanta Hawks 113-105. to The big story was LaMelo Ball, their first-round draft pick. He had 22 points, 12 rebounds, and 11 assists. Another triple-double for the young point guard. I'm really impressed by this young man right now. We all thought that he, was, he's going to, he has the better overall talent than his older brother Lonzo. Lonzo still is going to be good. I don't know if you guys caught that game on ESPN um, from last Friday, but that was very entertaining as well. For Charlotte, I'm not saying they're going to the playoffs, but they're very entertaining to watch. I know LaMelo, LaMelo Ball has a couple of highlight uh, moments during the short preseason, but he's really balled out so far in these first couple of weeks of the regular season. Uh, you know, Charlotte right now, 
I'm not saying they're going to the playoffs or making a deep run. I'm not going to let myself or anybody else get too uh, far ahead. But this is a very good, entertaining team to watch. I'm telling you, they actually have some talent now. Can they all uh, make it come together and be consistent? We shall see. You know, before it's all said and done, he might be the best rebounding guard since Magic. You see the way he gathered rebounds so easily and gone. I mean, he got he man. If 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 just think if Mike would have hit on some of them other picks, the Adam Morrison's of the world. Just think if Mike would have hit on some of them picks. You know, I think Mike has finally, finally picked him an All Star. So we will see. Yeah, I mean, look, this is a fun, this is a fun uh, Charlotte team. They they might not make the playoffs, but you know what? They're gonna they're like they're like the Bulls in a lot of ways. I mean, they're not gonna you're not gonna you can't take a take the the night off or the day off when you play them. You see them on your schedule. You're gonna get a fight from them too. So, look, I, I look, I, I applaud what they've been able to do right now. We'll we'll see if they can hang on. Also, another team to watch out for in Lamont. You called it, especially during our pre basketball preview show, the Phoenix Suns. We. Kind of knew that they're going to be a, a possible playoff team, which I think they will be. I uh, watched some of their game on Saturday against the Pacers via my computer. Uh, Chris Paul, you don't need him to do a lot anymore, but he's that better presence both on and off the court. Devin Booker did his thing for Phoenix against the Pacers on Saturday. DeAndre Aiden, who's that big guy in the middle, he's really starting to come on from Arizona. So uh, I like that Phoenix team. Keep your eye on out on them as well. Their record says maybe they're a little bit better than what people expect. They're now seven and three, but I I really like Phoenix. They could be, uh, they will be an entertaining entertaining team to watch. Also, watch out for Mikael Bridges as well. He had a big game on Saturday, scoring thirty four. Wow. No, yeah, I, I, that, that sun seems so much fun to watch. I mean, I, like like you said, can they can they push the, the LA teams? Probably not, but they'll definitely be right there for a, a playoff spot, especially in the top half. Yeah, and, and, you know, like I say, you know, I got personal ties to that team. And, you know, we got a Chicago town that team, too. So, you know, Javon Carter on that team. So, you know, I am I'm, I'm, I told y'all at the beginning of the year I was riding with Phoenix. That's my new uh, second favorite team in the world. Yeah, speaking of another team uh, in the Western Conference, Lakina, we talked about this on Friday. Uh, it was a classic game between the Denver Nuggets and the Dallas Mavericks on from Thursday. Of course, Dallas got out of Denver with an overtime win. I don't know if you caught that game, Lamont, but uh, it was it was one of the best. It was the best game to me personally so far this year, as the players trying to get back their legs from um, from a short off season due to the bug from last season. But the Denver Nuggets are back on track. They defeated the Philadelphia 76ers on Saturday. Jogic had another big game again, and they're four and five. Lakina, we talked about this a couple weeks ago when Denver struggled to uh, come out of the gate. I uh, say so this gets too far underneath the, the hole, and they're going to be in trouble, but they're back to one game under 500 at four and five. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm, I'm, I'm liking what they're, like what they're doing here. I, I'm, I'm liking it. I'm, I'm liking it. I think, look, I think they're sort of, like you said, so I think they're still, still trying to find their footing, like a lot of these teams are, especially if you're the ones that went deep into the COVID you know, they look at Miami, they're kind of in the same situation. They're still, they're still trying to find their footing. So, I mean, I think, I think people should kind of, I think fans should sort of like just, you know, slow down and not, not freak out too much if, you know, if their team is having a slow start. Yeah. And then you look at, you look at uh, a team that I'm, I'm happy just to see that they won 
some games is the Knicks. I mean, the Knicks mm -hmm. have a direction. I'm just, I'm happy for the people. I mean, the NBA is a better unit when New York Knicks are good. When they, I mean, they don't even have to be good. As long as they're winning basketball games, as long as they're respectable like the Bulls, it's, it's a good league. So when teams like that are respectable, I mean, it makes it good for everybody. A team that I'm disappointed in, the Washington Wizards. Like, y'all got two All-Stars on the team, man. Y'all supposed to be a tag. Y'all got two All-Stars and a guy named Bertans that can shoot the lights out. Plus, you got a center named Bryant. So, uh, yeah, uh, Washington has disappointed me, and I think somebody somebody might not be happy over there. That might be what's going on over there. And um, Philly, Philly, they, they say they want to be the people. I mean, I think people, Tobias Harris. Tobias Harris is carrying them to a whole nother place. I mean, I think he may be the most consistent player that don't nobody talk about. And I think now that he got Doc Rivers back, it's only going to get better for him. You're listening to Second City Sports along with Lamont Scott and Lakina McGee. I am Sydney Browns. We talk about the National Basketball Association. Uh, reviewing a couple of games from Sunday as I watched um, uh, for a few minutes in, in between the football games via my computer. Uh, <laughs> the first game was the Oklahoma City Thunder, now 5-4. and four. They defeated the Nets on Sunday, 129-116. to Of course, Kevin Durant made his return from the COVID list. He had 36 points, 11 rebounds, and 4 assists. But Shai Gildas Alexander had 31 points for the Thunder in a big uh, win at Brooklyn. Uh, we all uh, they had Brooklyn had a big performance on Thursday night. Looking as we talked about in our last mm -hmm. podcast, they embarrassed the Philadelphia 76ers on national television. Uh, I, I'm, I'm waiting for Brooklyn for the next couple of weeks to hopefully turn it around. You know, Steve Nash, let's see how much rain does he have uh, uh, with those guys, in particular Durant and Kyrie. I know Kyrie, as I mentioned, missed the game due to personal reasons, they were related to the events from Washington on Wednesday. We won't get into that. But uh, I'm waiting for a couple of weeks for this Nets team to turn around. Can can we finally see this team at full strength turn around to become one, of the, become one and not the top team in the East? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look. Well, yeah, I mean, this will, this will be very interesting, right? I think, you know, we're, we saw it a little bit earlier in the season, you know, like you said, you know, because of COVID and, you know, Katie had to sit out a couple of games because he's not, not he had COVID, but he was in close, uh, close contact with somebody who did. Also, Kyrie, you know, I, you know, is it, is it, you know, protest or is it, at, you know, his head in, you know, psychologically? I don't know, but hopefully they'll be able to because there's a lot of expectations with his Brooklyn team. So hopefully we'll see him at full strength soon. But look, I mean, if you want, you know, me, you know, Boston, well, until they're all their COVID issues, you know, came out, they've won four in a row. We'll see how they look once they get everybody back at full strength. It'll probably be a, a while. Um, OKC, you just said it, you know, they had that big win against Brook Brooklyn last night. They've won three in a row. They've looked good. Um, you know, Golden State, let's talk about Golden State for a little bit. I mean, I, I think, you know, Steph Curry is showing people, hey, look, I'm, I'm still here, guys. You know, now that Draymond's back, you know, we're, we're, are we, are we kind of starting to see sort of like a little bit of that Golden State team that we saw, you know, Jay Wiseman has been uh, kind of been that good facilitator. So, I don't know. I mean, it, look, I mean, Golden State's looking pretty good. Good. So, that's all. Well, you got to know if Clay was there, Golden State was going to be in the championship. So, 
you, you look at it like they supposed to be still good. I mean, they only one player down technically, and that's Clay Thompson. I know that's 30 points, but that's still only one player. So they still supposed to be good. I'm glad you brought up Golden State, Lakina, because I watched the entire fourth quarter from Sunday night uh, against the Toronto Raptors via my computer. <laughs> you can tell that, uh, that the Golden State Warriors are playing well, and they're playing hard, and they're playing together. Andrew Wiggins still needs to step it up for me personally because he's been a big disappointment for our, throughout his career. I, I like Kim Bazemore, who they added this offseason, and they still have Kelly Arube Jr., who they, they acquired when Clay Thompson went down with his season-ended injury. Like you said, Steph is playing his best ball this season, even though he's still young right now. I know he, he had a 60-piece against Portland about a week and a half ago and versus Dame Dollar, as the kids would call him. So uh, Steph Curry, can he carry this team to the playoffs? He's going to have to. He's going to have to stay healthy, as I said. So I – you know, it's going to be interesting to see for the Warriors. I think they are still a playoff team. But like you mentioned, Lamont, and I said this during our uh, basketball preview show, if Klay Thompson was healthy, this team could have surprised the folks and did some big – potentially done some big things. But let's look at reality. I think they're still a playoff team, but health is going to become the question, especially with, with Curry and Draymond Green. Yeah. And another thing, speaking of health, man, uh, the injuries, man. Markel, folks, man, I feel so yeah. bad – yeah, yeah. He's been through so much, man. Like, I hope I hope the kid keep his head up. I mean, you came back from the problems you had before. Mm -hmm. Worse than the problems you had now. So, again, not just him, though. It's a couple of more that went down. Uh, uh, the, from Brooklyn. Uh, the old the Dinwiddie. You know, he another yeah. one. Yeah, Spencer Dinwiddie, former Bull, by the way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Injuries, man. The injuries, and and you know, I don't think it's because of, it's not because of the shortened season. I don't think, but I think it's just natural injuries that come with you know playing a tough sport like that. So, shout out to them, man, and hopefully that you know we don't lose any other great players. Yeah, and remember Westbrook's out too. If it was, it was already bad enough in D.C. Uh, Westbrook's gonna be out too because of the quad injury. He'll be out at least a week. So, <sighs> that that's a. <laughs> That, yeah, so that that's on you know. Hopefully, he'll be back soon, and perhaps maybe they could you know get into gear of the Wizards. Who knows? The James Harden sweepstakes continue. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you know, a few more things real quick before we uh, before we break uh, before we break out of here. I should say, uh, college who's real quick. Of course, the top two is the same: Gonzaga and uh, Baylor. They're both one and two. You know. As as usual, um, Villanova still at three. You know, hopefully they'll be able to play later this week. Um, Texas, you know, they had a big, you know, big win. You know, shout out to um, Andrew Jones, who, if you guys remember, a couple of years ago, you know, had leukemia, had to miss most of you know his freshman year. He's back. He's healthy. Hit a game winner against West Virginia for Texas to hang on. So now they're atop the Big Twelve. You know, with Baylor right now, they're still at four. Mm -hmm. Iowa had a big win uh, yesterday. Um, Kansas, we were able to hang on against Oklahoma, Michigan, Creighton, Wisconsin, and Tennessee. Those are your top ten. Um, you, got, you got a big game coming with Illinois and Ohio uh, State. Yeah. Illinois. <laughs> That's Illinois. The <laughs> Mr. Bass, I'm sorry. $20 on the way to you, Mr. Bass. <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, okay, so for what, you know, De DePaul has a, a tough one tonight against uh, the newly ranked uh, UConn. They looked really good, 6-1 and one at this point in the season. So, 
What have you, if you guys have seen any, any college troops? What you know, what have you what what you, what sort of stuff you guys have seen that you guys have liked? I mean, the the the, the I like and it, and that's usually in college hoops. But the, anything can happen on any night. Like just when you think a team is turning the corner and they're gonna be that team, they lose. And and that's what make it college basketball. That's what make it interesting. So that's continuing this year. Not as much as last year. Last year it was really all over the place. But this year it's a little more solidified. But. but Real quick, Lakina, uh, Illinois, they lost a tough one on Sunday night to Maryland. Now Maryland's 76th, and the final line is 5-4. and four. Uh, I still like this Illini team, but they, just like the Bulls, they're going to have to learn to close out and, and make key plays in, in, in crucial situations. They, this is still going to be a good team, but the, the, they're gonna have a, they have a couple of games coming up this week, including a, a big one next uh, Saturday on Fox against uh, the Ohio State Buckeyes. So, uh, that Big Ten schedule is only getting tougher, even though we, we're into the middle of January. Uh, it doesn't get any easier. Yeah, there's no easy wins in the Big Ten. We, we say, look, the Rutgers mm -hmm. lost a couple, and they're out of the top 25 now. So, look, that's yeah. Just, yeah. that just shows you how uh, – that just, just shows you how, how, how deep this conference is. All right, so real quick, you know, the NHL. Um, hmm. Some uh, – NHL starts uh, later this week, and you know NBC's coverage gonna look a lot different. Mike Bilberry's out after 14 years with the network, um, but it looks like Kenny Albert. Even though they haven't made the officials, like Kenny Albert's gonna take over Doc Embert's spot as sort of the top guy with Eddie Olchek. Also, you know one of our our favorites, our girl Kendall's coin Schofield, she'll be a part of the broadcast team this year. You know, doing it with Gore Wheeler, so good for her. You know, she definitely deserves it. Um, so yeah, so what what's your early synopsis, Sid? Uh, real quick, we'll probably get more into this on Friday, but uh, the Blackhawks, I know they had their scrimmage over the weekend. Uh, it's going to be a season of change, a rebuild, and who's going to stay here for the long haul, who's going to go away. I know they're going to start the year without Jonathan Tapes due to an injury, of course. Uh, you have some other guys that are out as well. Um, Alex Nee and Lander, their fourth line guy, and Kirby Doc, uh, who really had a, a turn hard it one, on. Yeah, yeah turned it on during the second half of his rookie season last year. He's going to be gone for the majority of the season. So it's going to be painful, but hopefully the Hawks can be competitive and you know, let's see if they can muster up something for, for the season. I know they're going to start against the defending Stanley Cup champion, um, Tampa Bay Lightning, on Wednesday, but it, it, it's going to be interesting. And you know, after 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 the Blackhawks and gave us what they given us, we can go through a little growing pain with them. They they earned they earned a little growing pain. And uh, you had mentioned Corey Crawford earlier. Uh, he announced his retirement. Okay. Yes. And, and and you look you look at I had heard he was injured or something before he announced the retirement. So when I when I heard it, I wasn't too surprised. But at the same time, I think he just. Miss playing for the Blackhawks, man. I think he was like a Blackhawker for life type guy, man. So I think that's why he let. I think that's why he put the skates up. Well, he's done. He's been dealing with concussion issues for the last few years, and he's brought two Stanley Cups to Chicago. Not three, like some people want to say. He was not part of that 2010 team. He was in Rockford. Look it up, folks. Yep, yep. Uh, but uh, as I as I say, he's been here for a decade. He's had had a heck of a career. He's been uh, he's been uh, under uh, undermined by many 
hockey experts, including some Blackhawks fans here in Chicago, which was sad at the time. He's owed the 2013 Consmite Trophy, which means the playoff MVP. Of course, Patrick King got it else the year. They beat Boston in game six up there in um, TD Bank North Garden. But Corey Crawford had a heck of a career. Now, I know the debate is should the Blackhawks retire his number 50? If they do so, so be it. I'm not going to be upset about it. Me personally, my personal favorite Blackhawks goalie of all time was Eddie Belfort. Unfortunately, the teams that he was on, they couldn't bring home a Stanley Cup. But Corey Crawford was a huge part of both of those championships in 2013 and 2015. And he stood on, a, on his head for both of those. I know 2015, if you guys remember, he struggled in that first round against Nashville. But after that series, he picked it up, and it was all good from there. So congratulations to Corey Crawford. Uh, hell of a job, great career, and whatever you do for the rest of your life, uh, uh, I'm, I'm in support of it. I know he has a young child now he, yeah. he, he's trying to raise, and so he's looking out for his own future and, and the future of his family, and rightfully so. So he, he's had a heck of a career. And so whatever he does post-hockey, he deserves it. Yeah, he's definitely earned it. And it's unfortunate that he never got his due when he played here. I mean, like you said, so he was a big part of those two, those last two Stanley Cups. Remember, he wasn't there for the first one, folks. Let's let's all remember, let's remember that, uh, folks. He was still in the minors and Rafa, like said, just said. But uh look, I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping that he does he does get his due now finally. And like you said, Lamont, he might have missed being in Chicago. He's got a young kid now whatever he decides to do, does he decide to just chill or does he decide to do TV perhaps, or maybe, you know, maybe for an office, I guess, or mentoring young goalies. He's earned it. Yes, he has. And, and, and like you said, Sid, we going to support him. Like, and you, you remember, like, uh, people still remember he wasn't on that team because when he came up that next year, they didn't even want him at first. It was like, wait, hold on. We, they talked about him when he came up. We didn't want him here, remember? Mm. A lot of fans forget, like, I think a lot of fans got short-term memory of themselves. So, and they don't remember, we've given a lot of people problems when they've come and then they became something and then, you know, we want to ride with them. But, you know, I mean, that's what I say about being a Chicago fan. You got to ride with them in the good and the bad, man. And that's with all the teams. And it hurts sometimes, like yesterday. It hurts sometimes. If you ride with him, you got to ride with him, you know. I mean, like you said, like he mentioned uh, with Eddie Belfort and them, them teams, you know, the, the Dennis Savard teams and all of those teams. If you was yeah, there – Jeremy Roenick. Huh. Oh, gosh. Yeah, you was in there when they was losing. Tony Amante, too, I mean. My goodness. <laughs> I hate I hate that those teams didn't get a chance to win the cup. I, they, they totally deserve it. And I – ugh, that, that, that just – it really it just irks me to this day. <laughs> If you if you was riding with them then, and that's what I tell people about the Bulls now, like if you was around cheering for David Greenwood and Ricky Sobers, then you you gotta cheer now. So that's don't don't quit because we ain't got uh, we ain't get Kobe, we ain't got LeBron no more. But you know we still got people in the guy in that uniform. So if you gonna ride with a team, ride with your team, man. Absolutely. All right, on that note, close us out, Lakina. All right, so a lot of great stuff coming up this week. So, you know, look, we're going to be looking forward to it. We're going to bring it to you here so you can follow me at Kina McGee on Twitter and at Kina underscore McGee on the IG. You can follow me at Lamont Scott on Facebook, Lamont Scott 69 on Instagram, and Lamont Scott 16 on Twitter. You can follow yours truly at Twitter at SidKid80 and 
Instagram at SidKid80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can follow this podcast, Second City Sports, along with the other programming from We Are Regal Radio by going to our website, weareregalradio.com, and wherever you download your podcast platforms, including Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and the iHeartRadio app, make sure you type in that search, search engine box, War on Anger. That's once again at W-A-R-R on Anger. And we're also on YouTube at War Media. Once again, at W-A-R-R Media. You can not only listen to us, you can watch us do our thing. If you miss any of our of our shows via the podcast platform or on YouTube at War Media, make sure you go back and listen to them. Like, comment, share, subscribe. Like, comment, comment, share, subscribe. All right, so you guys stay safe out there, stay warm, and also wash your hands and wear your mask properly so you know, so you won't get sick, you won't get everyone else sick. This has been Second City Sports. Sumasal is enjoy the national championship game and the other sports coming on this week, and we'll see you Friday. Peace. Till next time. Holla. <laughs>